0: The following is a Thunderbolt West Media Production. Today I'm going to do a situation update on world events. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky In their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as surviving in these troubled times, creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I do my best to be a resource as you prepare to protect your family. In this show, I also talk about a wide variety of topics, everything from government corruption to chemtrails. I also feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving, so I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studio, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations, WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, on 7490, WTWW, Lebanon, Tennessee, on 5085, and on WRMI, Radio Miami International, Okeechobee, Florida, on 5850. And this show airs on 89.3 FM, Key Radio in Osage Beach, Missouri. This show is also available on demand as a podcast on Podpoint, Red Circle, Spreaker, Podbean, and Podomatic. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith, and I invite you to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I do appreciate it. Well, today I'm going to be talking about world events primarily because I really think that all of our prepping and everything that we've been working towards for so long, I think it's about time that we have to use this. We're going to have to put into practice what we've learned. We're going to have to start using what we've saved up as far as our preps, our food, and so forth. And I do think that we have very limited time, I'm saying extremely limited time, for us to get everything in order and to finish out any preps. I'm actually shocked that things have not escalated to the point of no return. At least as I record this, it hasn't gone to the point of no return, but when you have countries recalling their ambassadors and you have countries accusing other countries of war crimes and crimes against humanity and you have different treaties that are being just canceled and you have alliances being formed that are military alliances, you have all these things happening and Also, it seems that the Federal Reserve is now buying food, freeze-dried type food, preppers food, and the only reason that the Federal Reserve would buy a bunch of, of this kind of product would be to store them in their underground vaults because I think they are planning on using those vaults themselves to avoid either a nuclear war or riots in the streets or something. They know something's coming, and there's an awful lot happening behind the scenes that we have no clue. But we have to look at all the signs, and you know when the temperature warms up and the animals come out of hibernation and the trees all get leaves on and the grass start growing, and you kind of know it's spring. Well, we have all these signs that tell us that This coming war is inevitable. And I've been stressing that we need to start practicing one day a week of living how we're going to be forced to live when this does happen, when we are forced to ration and we're forced to endure. I think it's the people that are clueless as to just how different things are going to be that they think that life is going to be exactly the same for them. They're just going to eat a different kind of food, or they're going to eat just a little bit less food, or something like that. But they don't realize that it's going to be massively different. And we're looking at modern times, modern war times. And one of the biggest things that an army or a country can do to another country they're at war with is to disable all their technology. That's the first thing that will happen. Well, how do you disable technology? Well, you can do it through cyber attacks. That seems to work rather well. But what would work even better is just killing the power grid. That will take care of most all technologies. And if you do an EMP type of an attack and you melt a bunch of wires and ruin a bunch of components, we have not only knocked out the power grid, Even when the power does come back on, none of your appliances will work. Nothing will work. It'll be all burned up. And the United States doesn't have the capability of manufacturing a whole lot of things anymore. All of our electronics and a lot of our technology, we've shipped all those jobs overseas. And so the United States is at a horrible disadvantage, and as is Canada. And so we are going to be forced to live a lot harder and a lot harsher than we want to live. And so I really think that it's a good plan, I mentioned this probably six months ago, to take one day a week and just shut your power off, just go over and throw your breaker, and then get through that day. And I thought that was a good plan at the time, and now I'm going to revise that, And you can take my advice or you can leave it. I'm someone who has lived off-grid for over 12 years. And so I can use electricity. I can live with it. I like electricity. I make it myself. But if I have a lot of cloudy days, I have some issues with equipment or what have you, I can live just fine without electricity for weeks at a time. I am not tethered to anything. If the Internet goes down, well, my show is going to be hampered for sure. I don't know how I'm going to be able to continue with my broadcasting if the Internet goes down, but if it wasn't for that, if the Internet went down, it would not affect me that much. And I put myself in a place to where I definitely have one foot in the water in the technology, but I've never, ever left the world that was before. All the technology. Just a brief example is that in my farming operation, I have all of my great-grandfather's, or maybe not all of his machines, but a lot of them. I have my great-grandfather's horse-drawn machinery, and most of it is usable and field-ready. And on a daily basis, I use machinery that was built from 1920 to 1980. That 60-year span will cover... 99% 99% of everything I own. And just today I went and hauled five tons of hay and I hooked together several trailers and made basically a train out of it. I had a tractor with a loader with a big hay head on it and the hay head will hold about 30 bales. And then I had two pickup box trailers that were both from the early 1950s. i a fan of Studebaker's, and so I had two Studebaker pickup boxes. And then behind that, I had, I haven't been able to identify yet what it is, but I know it's out of the 1920s or early 1930s, but it's an automobile of some sort that someone made a small flatbed out of the rear axle and part of the frame. And the tractor I was using was from 1944, and it has a magneto. So it doesn't have a coil and a distributor and all of that. The magneto kind of takes care of all of the spark and all of that on its own. And so other than starting this tractor, of course you can always crank start the tractor, but the only thing you use the battery for is for lights if you need it at night or starting the tractor. It doesn't have any effect on whether it runs or not because the magneto takes care of all that. What I'm trying to say is is that I have technology that goes from basically 1900 to the present. And I don't look at older technology as something that should be shunned. I embrace all technologies from all eras. Now, I know that I'm talking about farm machinery, and not everyone has farm machinery or a farm. So I'll just take things to common items that used to be prevalent, like typewriters and can openers that... You use your fingers to turn instead of electricity, a sewing machine that you operate with your foot. There are so many technologies out there that are doable and usable, and when it comes to hand tools, you have the early power tools that were powered by your hands or your feet. You can get drill presses that you operate by hand, and and grinding wheels, and all sorts of things that you can operate by hand. And I know it's been about a year or so, I've recommended collecting a bunch of these antique tools and antique household items and storing them away as you prep. And of course, if you have a typewriter, make sure it's serviced and make sure that it has a good ribbon. And if you get a brace and bit set, make sure that you get one that's functional instead of just old and rusty and something that's not usable. I really think that there's so many things that we need to talk about as far as getting really prepared, and I know I have several listeners that have really taken my advice to heart, and as they have prepared, they've acquired some of these things, and they're saving those back just in case. And I know that it's cumbersome taking in storing away some things that you may never need, but what if you do need them? It's going to pay for itself the first time you use it. And so I think that if you have a way to get a whole bunch of tools and appliances and so forth and similar items that you can operate off-grid, I think it's time to do that. Now, I've been taking 12 years to put all my things together, and I don't think we have that luxury of hardly any time left. And so, if you don't have a good start at this, I think you're going to have to play catch up. And another thing that's, I think, a no-brainer is a library of real books. You know, books made out of paper that you put on a shelf, because if we have an EMP, the computer is going to go away, and we possibly could lose a bunch of files. And so, anything that you deem is important that's being stored in the digital format only i think you need to print it off i really think that we have to look at things as if we're going to have to live like it's 1960 1970 in that range i think that even with an emp attack i think we can manage that and that would include an older car that does not have a computer that has points and condenser and i've discussed that in previous shows that if you do have a vehicle that you can have as your doomsday vehicle, you need to have spare electronics for it, which would be starter and alternator and the I would say the whole distributor plus a coil and other things you're going to need and put those in a Faraday cage. And that way, if we have an EMP attack and your car gets burned up as far as the electronics, well, at least you'll have the right electronics in your Faraday cage you can pull out and install those on your car, and your car will function. Of course, if you don't have fuel stored back, you're not going to go anywhere anyway. And if things get really bad, if you are the only one with a car, well, you're going to be a huge target. So there's an awful lot we have to think about here. Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I invite all of my listeners to go to my social media site, which is on VeteranBrigades.com. It's the only social media site that I trust, and you do not have to be a veteran to join. So go to VeteranBrigades.com, sign up, and look me up over there, and on that platform, I'm the Living Off Grid Show, and I plan on doing lots of interactive things over there with you, my audience. So please go visit me at VeteranBrigades.com. Now, the reason I just went through all of this is because I want to talk about the world events that I think is going to make us possibly have to use these items that I'm telling you to get in your possession. It doesn't matter where you look in the Middle East right now. There are more warships in the Mediterranean than since World War II, and I think there's even more right now than during World War II. And we have warships in the Red Sea, in the Mediterranean, in the Atlantic, the Pacific, the Persian Gulf. We have all these task forces that are ready to strike. We have nuclear submarines, and we're sending in all sorts of nuclear-capable aircraft that are capable of carrying nuclear arms. And we have countries such as Yemen attacking the United States, attacking our drones. And as I record this, the United States has killed some Iranians. And Iran has said if any Iranians die, it's going to be all-out war. And Turkey is now really starting to distance themselves from the United States. And South Africa has recalled their ambassadors. And it's looking really ugly. All it's going to take is one tiny spark. And everything's going to just explode. And of course, the war with Ukraine and Russia is never gone away. Matter of fact, it's even more intense now than it was several weeks ago. In Russia and China, both have either stated publicly or through pictures that they've published, have made it known that they are going to be on the side of Iran and help protect Iran. And you have Jordan who is now telling Israel that they're going to consider it an act of war if Palestinians are displaced in the West Bank, and then you have the United States government passing policy and having it pass the votes. It needs to become actual policy that we're to do anything it takes to stop Iran from obtaining nuclear weapons. That's like signing a check and not having an amount on it, but yet it's been approved. And the wording of that document says is to use any means necessary. And so that's pretty open-ended. And when you have Democrats that are war-hungry and Republicans that are war-hungry, and it seems like we have leaders all over the world that are just sick of the United States and sick of the bullying and the sanctions, that it's not going to end well. And I think that it's kind of like the gunfight at the OK Corral when you had Wyatt Earp and his bunch go against the, I believe they were the Clantons, and there was a moment where they had a stare-off and a face-off before someone pulled their gun and started shooting and then all chaos broke loose. And where we're at right now is we're like in the OK Corral and we're having our standoff right now. We're staring at each other. All it's going to take is one trigger-happy fool to shoot the wrong person or do the wrong thing. And all of a sudden, you're going to have nation upon nation upon nation just eat each other alive. But what makes this different than World War Two is I believe that France, the second that a war really starts and I'm talking about a massive bunch of fighting. France is going to fall immediately because they're so full of Muslims and they've been having trouble for several years with riots and people being killed in the streets and Sharia law being enacted in parts of France that where they call them no-go zones. And the same thing in the United Kingdom. I think all these people are basically a sleeper cell. They might have millions of people from the Islamic world that have quote-unquote emigrated to France and other countries in the West when in fact they didn't emigrate, they invaded. And so what I see happening is not just a war that's going to be held in the Middle East. I think that all the people that are of Middle East descent or they were born and raised there and they emigrated, I'll use that term even though I think they invaded, they're going to pick up arms against the West. They just are. And I think you have areas in the United States, such as areas of Michigan and Minnesota and other areas, that are going to explode into violence. And I think that this Republican and Democrat animosity is going to spill into bloodshed. And you already know that these transgenders, of they're trying to become a militant group. And you still have Black Lives Matter and Antifa and other groups. I think the world is so fractured, I don't see the United States coming together like they did in 9-11. I don't see it at all. I see it that people are going to see the United States as I think it truly is, and that's a rotting corpse. And I think that what's going to happen is it's going to be total chaos and pandemonium. I do hope I'm wrong, but I don't see anything really bright at the end of the tunnel. I guess in this case that light in the tunnel is a train, and I think we're headed for a train wreck as a country. But I don't think that we, the people, necessarily have to suffer as bad as what I think that most people are going to suffer. I think those that are based in reality and have been prepping and And those that use their head, I think they're going to do a better job than the average person of saving their house and their family and their possessions and their food and the things that they've acquired to prep. I think that a lot of people have good plans in place, but I think another thing that we could never discount is getting together with like-minded people and forming associations of I'm going to call it the buddy system. We're not going to have municipalities and police forces and 911. We're not going to have all of that at our disposal. We're going to have to think outside the box and become our own best friend and our own provider. And that's why I preach self-sufficiency so much on this show. It's, I think we're going to be faced with no choice. And I touched on this a few minutes ago. I'm going to come back to this. I think you need to take three or four days in a row and go off grid and learn how to rough it and learn how to keep your food in your freezer frozen or learn how to preserve it in other ways. Learn how to manage your house when it's cold. Learn how to manage your house with no electricity. It's tough. To go cold turkey is going to be really tough. But I've got to say this. You going cold turkey by choice and just flipping a switch, that could be ended. If you're having such a horrible time and you need to regroup, you can throw the switch and get your electricity back instantly. And so you have this safety blanket, so to speak, that you have as you train yourself to be off-grid. But it would be good if you could not throw that switch back on for at least three days And do that often. I would say every other week, do three days off just in a row. Just shut your power down. It'll be really odd at first. Your house will seem real quiet and dark and you'll feel like you're totally disconnected and it can work on your mind. Now I'm going to say what would happen if we do have an EMP attack and you're not prepared and you still have those same feelings of being disconnected and alone and a little bit claustrophobic because your house doesn't seem like it's functional because you're used to doing everything with electricity and now nothing works and you go to throw the switch and there's no power because the emp has taken the grid down well now you might be in panic mode for three or four days and i gotta tell you you cannot afford to be in panic mode for two or three days if this thing goes down like i think it's going to go down you're going to have to be on top of your game right then. You know, it's like you're on the bench, you're the reserve quarterback and you haven't played all year and you get to the last game of the season and it's the last week of practice and you think, oh, I haven't played all year. I just, I don't think I'm going to practice that hard because I've put in a big year and I'll just sit on the bench. So I'll go through the motions of practice. And the first play of the big game, the starting quarterback gets knocked out of the game, and guess what? You're on. You're in. What are you going to do? That's what's going to happen if the power goes down. It's going to be the same type of thing. When you're called, when it's your time to go into the game, well, you better be ready. And the only way you're going to be ready is if you practice. And I would imagine that only 1% of the people that listen to the show are going to take my advice and shut their power off. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't shut your power off by choice and learn how to manage your house without electricity, and yes, it can be managed real easy, but you see, you don't know that. Only things to happen in your mind is, oh no, I have this doesn't work and that doesn't work and I can't do this and I can't do that. You're just going to freeze up. And it is going to be a time, the first three or four days are going to be the most vital of all of the whole time period. Actually, the first three months are going to be extremely vital, but the first three or four days, and I know a lot of people say, well, I have good neighbors and I can go to the neighbors and we can work something out. Well, if you have good neighbors, go work it out now. And you might want to Turn all your power off at the same time and practice together. If you're going to have a buddy system, we'll start the buddy system now. I think it's vital in getting back to the world events. It seems to me that the United States has decided to go to war with Hezbollah and also all of those ships that they put in. They put those in for Hamas? Are you kidding me? Of course they didn't. They can't wait for Iran to do something so the United States can do a full-blown attack on Iran. And we cannot forget Iraq. Iraq does not like the United States, and Iraq has hundreds of thousands, if not several million, people that are willing to die for Iraq, and they want the United States out of there. And so Iraq is going to become part of the problem. And you might say, well, what do they have? They have very angry young men, and a lot of them. You might say they're fanatical. And you can't look at Iran as some third-world country that has nothing. Iran has been on the outs for so long that they have their own infrastructure. They have their own manufacturing. They have their own everything. Iran has been forced to be self-sufficient. And so they are self-sufficient. And Germany can't say that. France can't say that. England can't say that. Even the United States can't say we're self-sufficient. We get so much from China. And so poking the bear with Russia is bad. Poking Iran is bad. And now Russia and Iran are getting close as far as military. Their ties are getting closer all the time. And we are going to open up a Pandora's box that we're not going to be able to close. When I say we, I mean our government, and you and me are going to be left holding the bag, and I think that's very unfortunate. I would ask that you consider supporting the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. That's easy to do. I take checks, money orders, or cash, and you would write to check out to Thunderbolt West Media. You would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska. Zip code is 69143. I really need to know who's listening and where you're listening from, whether it's by shortwave or podcast or on AM or FM radio. Even if you just pop me an email and say hi, I would appreciate it. And as always, I invite listeners give me some suggestions of topics that they'd like to hear me cover. I would really appreciate that. Once again, my email address is jim at offgridliving.faith. Please visit the website, and the website is offgridliving.faith. And also, you can find links to even more information. Every one of my shows is uploaded on the website. America bullied by the Edison military man. Replace fear with faith. Replace pessimism with hope. Replace despair with determination. And don't be afraid... To rely on God and step out on the sea. Welcome to the second half of the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. This is Jim Calhoun, and I really appreciate you tuning in. Well, before I get back into the meat of the show, I want to talk about some letters and some things I've received in the mail. And I want to tell James, thank you from the bottom of my heart. That is a beautiful, beautiful picture you sent me. I love the picture, I love the frame. And I got it undamaged. And it really made my whole day to have a package and then have it be that beautiful picture you took. And James, I want to tell you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I'm glad to have you as a friend, because only a friend would do that. I really appreciate it. And I have a great listener from Birmingham, New York. Or if you're in England, you'd call it Birmingham. And in England, they call the folks that live there Brummies. I don't think they do that in New York, but I got a very interesting letter from a listener, and I want to thank you very much for the donation. really do appreciate it. And this listener talks about thrift stores. But before I want to get into the meat of this letter, I want to answer the question. Ask if the air was breathable out in Nebraska. And he says, sorry, sick joke. Well, it's not too much of a sick joke, I don't think. It's a pretty much honest question. Yes, the air is breathable, but I tell you what, there's an awful lot of people with sinus trouble here, and asthma, and all sorts of things, so in a way, I'd say yes, the air is breathable, but in a way, I'd have to say no, it's really not worth breathing, and I think that's about everywhere. The letter goes on to explain all about thrift stores, and how this listener got some good deals at the thrift store and explain some of the things that were bought, and I want to address that. I'm a thrift store shopper. Why not? Why not take advantage? You know, we complain that our money's not worth anything. Well, it is worth more at a thrift store. And so if you have a $10 bill, you can go into a regular clothing store, and the $10 bill won't buy you anything. But if you go to a thrift store, that $10 bill might buy you a winter coat or several shirts, and if you want to stretch your money out, thrift stores are an excellent idea. And so I'm all for thrift stores, and I'm all for the whole thought of a rising tide lifts all boats. And the fact that when you shop at a thrift store, you're not only saving money, most of the thrift stores are associated with some sort of fundraiser, whether it be for homeless or for handicapped kids or something. And so you're actually helping a group of people by shopping there, and you're helping yourself. So everybody wins. And so I highly recommend that if you don't shop thrift stores, you really need to. And I would say that with Christmas coming on, you can shower someone with gifts if you buy at thrift stores. If they have a dollar day where you can fill a bag for a dollar, you could go shopping for someone and spend a dollar on them and get 15 or 20 shirts what you can stuff in the bag. And if you want the underside of your tree to be just packed with gifts, and if you take each one of these things you buy at the thrift store and you wrap them individually, well, you can have a member of your family or whoever you want to get a gift for. Instead of giving them one gift, you can give them 20 gifts for less money. And I've done that in the past. And no, I don't feel cheap buying secondhand things. Some of the things they sell are like new and so this Christmas, you might want to think, instead of spending hundreds or thousands this Christmas and only getting everyone one gift, why don't you spend 20 or $30 and get everybody multiple gifts? Just something to think about. And to those who have sent me letters here in the last week or two, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And I think my crazy conspiracy theorist sister is one busy lady. I tell you, that is quite a letter that she wrote, and I will expound on that in a future show, but this one I wanted to talk about world events more than anything else and kind of tie it into how that's going to affect us. But thank you so much for writing. I really appreciate your friendship as well. That's one of the best things about this radio show. It's the friends I'm making. As a matter of fact, I feel all of you are part of my radio family, more than friends. I think you're family. So thanks for listening. Well, getting back to the blood and guts and the things that I don't want to talk about, but I think I should. We have fires happening at historic Air Force bases and Marine bases in the United States. We have attacks on United States bases across the world. In Pakistan, they were attacked. I don't know who attacked them but they had a lot of aircraft that were destroyed. And I'm talking about one of their air bases was attacked. And as I'm recording this, there's fighting in Syria, and the United States bases are being attacked. And one of our bases is called Conoco. I know it's spelled C-O-N-I instead of Conoco, like Conoco with a with gas company. But don't let that fool you. The reason that base is there is to protect oil fields. And Yemen has threatened Saudi Arabia that they were going to light their oil fields on fire because Saudi Arabia is helping Israel and the United States down the missiles that are being shot out of Yemen towards Israel. And so things are just in a free fall. Everywhere you look is total chaos. And the places on earth that no one's talking about, like Japan, I think they're in horrible trouble, them and the Philippines both. I think anywhere where there's a base, the United States has a very strong military presence. I think when this pops off with China, I think that we're going to see a repeat of World War II. Japan stormed the Pacific, and they took the oil fields from the Dutch, and they invaded the Philippines, and they invaded all of these different little islands and they invaded China, and it was quite a bunch of conquests that the Japanese were able to do. And I think the Chinese are going to turn the tables. I have a feeling that when China invades Taiwan, there's very likely there's going to be an invasion of Japan and the Philippines, Guam, and all these different islands. And no, I haven't read that anywhere, and that hasn't even crossed anyone's mind except mine, there's too much at stake here. There's not going to be a partial anything. The way this is building up, this is going to be full-scale, all-out, blood-and-guts, winner-take-all war. And I'm going to tell you right now that the United States isn't ready to fight such a war, but China's been getting ready for years, as has Russia and Iran. And I would imagine that countries such as Cuba and Venezuela. And also, don't be surprised if Mexico doesn't join in the hostilities against the United States. Don't be surprised. You know certainly that the cartels are going to be doing their best to bring our country down. And the cartels control most of Mexico. And so there's an awful lot going on that If things really start popping off, like I think they're going to, it's going to be the perfect storm. And on a daily basis, as I talk to people, I would say that only 3 or 4% of the people are awake. We have people that are just acting like there's nothing wrong. They look at Joe Biden and think he's a good president. They think they're going to vote for him, that kind of thing. It's like, What? They don't see that all these wars are being started. And none of this has to happen. That's the sad part. Now I know that Satan is behind all of this. I realize this, but the economy doesn't have to be tanked, but they made it that way. This COVID they released from a biolab didn't have to happen, but they did because it's in their plan. This agenda 2030 is something that The New World Order people just can't wait for 2030 because we're going to eat bugs and the ones that are alive, they'll eat bugs that own nothing and be happy. In other words, we're going to be slaves and we better like it or else we will be terminated or shall I say exterminated. And so we have so many things that we have to look at and we can't underestimate the fact that they do have camps I've seen the pictures. I've seen the videos of people that have went into the camps and took videos and still shots. We have internment camps set up all over the world. And who's it for? I don't know if it's for patriots. I don't know if it's for quote-unquote COVID people. I don't know. I don't know exactly what these camps are for. I do know that FEMA and other government agencies have bought all sorts of body bags. And several years ago, under the Obama administration, but i got to admit that he's still president, Joe Biden's just a puppet, it's Obama calling the shots, almost all of the government agencies got weaponized. Do you realize that even the Department of Education was ordering handguns and ammunition? Why would the Department of Education arm themselves, and you have the agricultural department, the Department of Agriculture, buy guns and ammunition? Think about that. I mean, We have so many things that are just weird. They're just odd. And so we're going to have to learn how to think outside the box, because honestly, when things really hit the fan... Even though I've been researching and listening to people I really trust and trying to get sources and verify things, and I'm really trying to help as much as I can and steer everyone right, I'm going to tell you right now that I'm going to be shocked when this happens because it's going to happen different than I think it's going to happen, and it's going to be more intense, I fear anyway, and they're going to be hitting us from places that I had no clue they were going to hit us. Now, I talked on Truth to Ponder on Wednesday about the fact that China is about to unleash within the next year a whole bunch of robots. And I've been watching a lot of videos on the progress of robotics. And they've already got our replacements all ready to go. And you know this technology is going to really take off. And so the robots they make now even though they're highly functional, very capable machines, they're just still in their infancy. In another three years or ten years, at least within ten years, we're not going to be able to tell the difference between a robot and a human. That's what they're working towards, and they're getting pretty close right now. You can tell they're robots, but I would imagine you couldn't tell they were robots at 100 yards or 50 yards you can if you're right there on them. But I think that within just a generation or two of robots, which is going to be just a year or two because they keep changing them, they're going to have all sorts of breakthroughs. Like last year, one of the companies that's making robots has come up with a process to cover the robots with something that looks and feels like skin. And I've never seen it personally, but I've seen videos of it and I've seen the descriptions and I've looked at videos that were comparing the outer covering with skin, and it really did look like skin. And they say it's just a year or two before robots are going to even show emotions, and so we're in a lot of trouble. And I think that's where the real trouble is going to lie. I think that a lot of this war thing, I think they want to kill a lot of people, and then after everyone's dead, the robots are going to be rushed in because... The workforce is going to be so small, we have to use robots. And once robots come in, your job is terminated. And after a while, maybe a week, maybe a year, maybe a decade, I don't know, but there will come a time where you're going to be deemed unessential. And when you're deemed unessential, I don't think they're going to give you too many choices. And I think one of the choices is going to be you voluntarily do yourself in or allow them to exterminate you. I think we're heading down that path. I said we're in a new dark ages, and I think that that's where we're headed. I'm really sorry to think that, and I pray to God that I'm wrong. But I feel that I'm seeing things from like a 20,000-foot view. I think I'm really seeing a lot of the big picture. I don't think I see it all. I don't think anyone does. That's why I think I'm going to be surprised when things do really hit the fan. I'm going to be surprised at where everything is going to be falling apart that I didn't even consider. But I think that some of the things that I see are going to happen. And again, I hope that they don't. And so not only do we have mad scientists trying to release viruses that'll kill us, they have robots that are going to replace us, they have wars that are going to destroy us. And I think it really odd that the Hong Kong flu has reared its ugly head again, this time in Russia, and it's, in my opinion, it was put there to kill Russians. I think that we have a whole scientific community that's out of control. I know that our political people are all imbeciles, and they're out of control. It just seems like we don't have a lot of places to turn. And that's why I say very often on this show, you have to trust an Almighty God, and that's where you have to turn. Because I don't see a solution as far as mankind solving these problems. I don't see it. There's too much greed. There's too much evil. And I think it's going to take Almighty God, and I think that that's what it's going to take to right this ship. And ultimately, Jesus' return is... Going to be the ultimate end of all of this But I just want to see everyone as self-sufficient as possible And I want to see everyone capable of surviving And I do appreciate you tuning in to listen to what I have to say And I do my utmost best to try to inform you and build a fire And wake you up to the fact that You're going to have to really step up to the plate really soon And I'm going to do everything in my power to help you. I'm going to hang around as long as I can. And I do have contingency plans of continuing producing my show. It might be a different format. It might be a written newsletter. It might end up being something that I have to send by mail. And who knows if the mail is even going to go through. If we get hit as bad as we could get hit, then I think that we can kiss our postal system goodbye too. I think you need to be prepared to be totally isolated. And I hope this doesn't come to this, but after watching the Antifa and Black Lives Matter riots, you know that a lot of people were scared in their homes they wouldn't come out and help. And you had all this rabble that was in the streets walking up and down neighborhoods telling people they were going to steal their house and that they were going to own their neighborhood, people honking horns and banging on gongs and things like that at two o'clock in the morning outside these people's homes, threatening them. I hope it doesn't come to that in your neighborhood, but I'm going to tell you if things go the way they can go with how corrupt our government is and how inept they seem to be and also how eroded our society has become, I think that We're all going to be isolated and isolated really fast, a lot faster than what we even can possibly even think about. That's why I advocate the buddy system, finding people like minded to help share the burden. That might be real hard to do, but in any case, don't tell anyone your plans, not even your buddies. Because if your buddy has kids and your buddy runs out of food and the kids are hungry, And the buddy knows where your food is. I'm not saying your buddy is going to come steal from you, which is a possibility. But I'm saying that the buddy might turn on you and force you to give them your food. Or, even worse, they might do you in to have all your food. I think mankind is that evil. I think we've entered that kind of an age. Trying not to scare you. Trying to wake you up. I think you need to think about all these things. and I also think you need to pray that I'm wrong. But if I'm not wrong, if these things start happening, if one person is saved, if I can save one person the misery of being robbed or harmed in any way, then I think I've done my job today. If I saved one family from being paranoid and hopeless, if we lose our power, if I've trained one family to practice going off-grid to where they can still function, And while everything else is installed in gridlock, this family can still try to take care of the daily needs they have to take care of without having the shock and all the chaos. They'll just simply roll up their sleeves and change their method of operation. It's kind of like when you're trying to be a green beret. There's an awful lot of things they do to you and make you do to make you earn that beret. And if you're not prepared to do some of the things that they force you to do, well, you're never going to get that bray. And what I'm talking about is so much more important than earning a green bray. What I'm talking about is saving you and saving your family. And I think that that's the most important thing. And so I think you need to train. Like I say, go off-grid three days in a row. I really am going to emphasize that. Learn how to cope. I think you'll find it. If you turn the power off, you're going to have, if you have a family, I think you're going to have a family that's going to be at each other's throats. They're going to be just upset. Their whole being is going to be just totally upset because the power's off. Now, throw that feeling and add to that a real crisis to where the power wasn't shut off by you, but it was shut off by an enemy and the power's not coming back anytime soon, then that added stress is just going to be overwhelming. And that's one thing I don't want you to be as overwhelmed. So just take it one day at a time and do what you can. But I think you really need to look over your shoulder. Look at the robotics that are going to happen. Look at our future. And I'm talking about our immediate future. I'm talking about the next three or four years. And, of course, you have Bill Gates that's still out there giggling about a new pandemic. We have a lot of evil folks. We have an awful lot to pray against. We have a lot to come against. We have a lot to pray for. But we have a lot to live for. We have a lot to be encouraged about because of the blood of Jesus. Ultimately, we need to stand on our faith. If we stand on our faith, we'll stand strong. While I hope that this show has helped someone today, I hope that The right ears have heard these words. I truly believe in my mission of trying to be of help and to try to wake people up. Again, I don't want to come in a spirit of fear. I think we should always have hope and we should always have a positive attitude. But right now we live in an evil world and we have to see that evil for what it is. And we have to understand that that evil wants to harm us. And so we have to come up with ways to keep that evil out of our house and out of our life as much as we can. I always enjoy my visit with you every week. I appreciate you tuning in. And I ask that you consider donating to this program to keep it on the air. It's easy to do. I take checks, money orders, and cash. You'd write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media, and you would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163. P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska. Zip code is 69143. Well, I really appreciate you tuning in today, and I really do want you to consider my words. I really don't think we have a lot of time left. I think time is a commodity that we can't squander. And also, I think if you have some divisions in your family as far as some of your family wants to prep and some of your family doesn't, and there's always going to be different levels of commitment. I think you need to sit down and open the eyes of your immediate family, especially if you live in the same house. And you need to come up with some sort of a compromise truce to where everyone will start working together. We're going to have to work as a team inside our homes. We're going to have to work as a team inside our families and ultimately work as a team with our community. That would be the perfect thing if you live in a community that's so tight-knit that the community can survive as a group. But I just don't see that happening. I think things are going to be so chaotic that you're not going to have that luxury. Again, I hope that I'm wrong with that, but that's what I see coming. And I also know that God has you on this earth right now for a reason. And I don't think he put you here to be abused. I don't think he put you here to fail. I don't think he puts you here to have all of these bad things just come eat you up. I just don't think that's why you're here. And so, one thing I'm going to ask is... Please pray about what your part in all of this is. Because I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that you do have a part to play here. Now with me, I think I'm doing what God wants me to do. I think this radio show and trying to help people and to wake people up and point out really that you need to understand who you are in Christ. I want to help all my brothers and sisters and that's what I'm here for. I would hope that you would pray to God and ask him for guidance and for just clarification of why you're here. If you don't know, I think it's vital that you do get that information. And I do believe God will tell you why he wants you here at this time. You just have to be still and listen. Again, I really enjoy our weekly visit and thank you so much for tuning in today. Until next time, everyone, stay strong, stay brave, top off your preps, get ready to batten down the hatches, keep your powder dry, and never ever forget, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small in Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.